This is a HeadGum Podcast. While Andrew and Craig believe the joy of discovery is crucial to enjoying any well-told tale, they will not shy away from spoiling specific story beats when necessary. Plus, these are books you should have read by now. Welcome to Overdue. It's a podcast about the books you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name is Andrew. The sequels, they keep coming, Andrew. They do. People they tru- keep, truly, they do. People keep making stuff, and then they keep making more stuff. More of it, yeah. Have an original idea. I mean, other than the original idea you had in the first place, have an original idea, everybody. I know. Stop doing all these sequels. I'd, man. Nobody makes anything new anymore. Nope. We've been making the same podcast week after week, suckers. Yep. Mm-hmm. But you're here to listen, aren't you? To our book podcast, where each where, week, yes, one of us reads a book and tells the other person about it. Except this week, Andrew. This week, Craig, we do something that we sometimes call in the Slack a both read because <laughs> we both read it. We read, <laughs> we read Percy Jackson and The Titans Curse by Rick Riordan, book yeah. number three in the Percy Jackson and the Olympians series. Yep. Um, uh, we, as you may as you may infer, there are two other ones of this that we've read before mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. Episode numbers I don't have, but just search for Percy Jackson on Google, like <laughs> Percy Jackson Overdue, I guess. Yeah. We're probably not super high if you just search Percy Jackson in the Google results. No, but I think we're higher than you might expect if you search like... Um, uh, what's per- th- Percy Jackson, cool guy, handsome <laughs> podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Lightning Thief... Um, was episode 600, and then Sea of Monsters was episode 620. Okay. So we're mostly on schedule here. Yeah, Not that we were right. on a specific one. No, we didn't have a schedule. Yeah. Um, so what do we know about the Percy Jackson series before we begin? We know they're about Greek, Greek, Greek mythology. We know Rick Riordan, whose mm-hmm. name... We've really had a lot of trouble pronouncing, but this, this I've week, had trouble. You, well, I was gonna say I was just gonna cover for me insti- no. like the institutional we <laughs> oh <laughs> like we as a small business re- registered in the state of Pennsylvania yes, have correct. had a hard time pronouncing Rick Riordan's name. But this episode, we're gonna get it right every single time. Sure, I feel it. I can feel it. Uh, he was a teacher. Mm-hmm. He wrote stories for his kid, and then then he cashed in and he turned them into books for other kids. Yeah. Um, this, so things about the Titans curse, it's, uh, so the Percy Jackson, if I'm looking at Goodreads and I'm not, and I'm not looking at any particular star number, I am looking at stars in the aggregate. Sure. Um, this is the best reviewed of the Percy Jackson books that we've read so far. Huh. Has 4.37 stars. Wow. Uh, compared to 4.31 for the lightning thief. And ooh, four point two five for the Sea of Monsters. You hate to see it. Mm. Uh, book four bumps up to four point four two, and then book five four point five five. Wow, everybody's loving this book. So it's only up from here. Yeah, it's that all bodes well. Here. I had a good read. Well. Yeah, I had a pretty good read of the Titans Curse. Sea of Monsters. I don't remember what we said about it. I like it was kind of an Odyssey riff. I, I and I came yeah. away sort of nonplussed. I think mostly like I didn't dislike it, but 
it did not leave a much of an impression. I like yes. some of the characters. I liked his like his brother, Cyclops brother. Yeah. Cyclops brother was cool. So mm-hmm. Sea of Monsters had only come out the year before, two thousand six. This book came out in two thousand and seven. Mm-hmm. Um, a young senator named Barack Hussein Obama was oh, running for the has, was <laughs> making his run for the presidency. Eddie days, probably. <laughs> um, and I found a, a website posting what I found a. <laughs> I found a post on Rick Riordan's <laughs> website from 2006 mm-hmm. where he said, It's official! The title for Percy Jackson 3 will be The Titan's Curse. Ooh. Thanks to everyone who sent in title ideas, and I got hundreds of them. In the end, however, I came up with The Titan's Curse myself. <laughs> which That <laughs> rules because it's like, listen, please stop e- emailing me. I appreciate it, but I'm going to come up with my own names. Thank you. So none of you could take me to court for IP theft. It's not Thank something anyone much. else could have created based on the synopsis I posted on the web. But once you read the book, I think you'll agree it's a very appropriate title. Menacing? Ominous? You bet. But don't worry. I've made sure to keep the same sense of humor and pace of action as in the two previous books. I'm very happy with the way the story turned out. Good for you, yeah. Rick. Yeah, good job, Rick. Uh, last time on Percy Jackson. Yeah. Like where, where are we in this story? A boy finds out that he is half God. He gets framed for stealing Zeus's lightning bolt. This is all the first book. And he overcomes that challenge and, you know, uh, staves off a war between the gods and also makes some friends, make some friends. Uh, Annabeth, who is the daughter of Athena. Yep. Uh, there's his brother, whose name absolutely I thought I would remember by now. Wow! Yet, uh, yeah. Bad. <laughs> well, he's not <laughs> but, in this book. I don't remember. No, it. he's not. No, he is in this book a couple times. Briefly, he like briefly. talks to he talks to him on the on the God phone. On the God phone, yes. Yeah. <laughs> what is his name? <laughs> wow. Uh, sea of Monsters. Oh boy. His name is Tyson. The Tyson, okay. like the chicken. Yeah. There you go. Um, like the chicken fingers. So yes. So he uh, he discovers that Kronos, one of the head titans, is like slowly coming back. Like the head titan. Yep. And the there is one. some sort of prophecy that a child of one of the big three gods will undo Olympus or could potentially. Because as you as you'll recall, after World War II, there was a pact among the three big the big three gods to stop having kids with humans because they were too powerful, and maybe one of them was Hitler. Nobody who could, who, who could say. Nobody knows. Nope. Nobody's talking about it. Nope. But nope. they all signed a pact, uh, except that Zeus and definitely Poseidon uh, boned down definitely after World War II. both broke it. Yeah. yeah. And so that's why we've got Percy, and that's why we've got somebody who we haven't met up till now. Uh, mm-hmm. Would you pronounce it Talia or Thalia, or how would you say it? I would have said Thalia. Thalia. Like a we soft the, like in between yeah, like to and the. Thalia. I didn't listen to the audio. Suffering fuck attack. Oh my gosh. Um,. <laughs> And in the second book, Percy goes on this kind of odyssey thing to the Bermuda Triangle. The Sea of Monsters. Please. To the Sea of Monsters, excuse me. And he does all the stuff that they did in the Odyssey, except like there's like poop jokes sometimes now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and they bring the Golden Fleece back to the camp because the big... Okay, so Thali got turned into a big pine tree that keeps magical summer camp half-blood where all the demigods go yep. safe. Yes. But then the tree was poisoned because of bad Luke, who's betrayed everybody. Yep. Working for everybody, the Titans. Everybody hates bad Luke. Working for Kronos and the Titans on his big, dumb cruise ship. He has a big cruise ship. Full of monsters. So it's just like a regular cruise ship. Am I right? Hey. Which which Greek myth monster is the Norovirus? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, but at the end of the last book, when Percy Jackson and his friends bring the Golden Fleece back to camp, uh, the it's like it heals the tree, so it's still protecting everything. But then the girl gets dumped out of it. Thalia is back. Yep. And that's the and the big tension is when one of these kids who is the who is the son of one of the big three or the you know the kid of one of the big three turns sixteen. There's there's gonna be a big old thing that they do, and it's gonna be pivotal in this war between the Olympian gods and the Titans. And the healing of the tree was like a long con by the bad guys to get Thalia back on the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because everybody thought it was Percy Jackson who was the person who's gonna be. This yep. prophecy guy, but now Thalia's back and she's almost 16 because she apparently when she was stuck in a tree, she's aged, but like at tree speed. <laughs> yeah. And so, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> okay. It makes sense. Occasionally Rick Riordan will hit you with a weird little detail that that really makes you your brain work for a bit. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a wow, I'm going to be thinking about tree human aging like the trans, what equation you you do to figure that? Like, if there's a lot of rainfall, does she age more? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Whoa! What are the equivalent of counting rings? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And cut Thalia apart and see how what the what the rainfall was. Well. Hmm. Hmm. So yeah, the the one for me, Andrew, in this book was um, when they talked to Apollo about how he's the god of the sun mm-hmm. and his chariot is the sun. Mm-hmm. And at this point, it's been pretty well established that like actual science does exist in this universe. And so yeah. like everybody knows that the sun is a thing elsewhere that does exist in space. And he's like, listen, man, the, my chariot is built out of human dreams about the sun and how much everybody <laughs> loves the sun. And yeah, we've, we've encountered that in a lot of different fictional works where like people's belief in a thing like manifests the, the physical version of yep. the thing. So and they they do lampshade a little bit. He's like, does that make sense? And the one kid is like, no. And he's like, well, it's a solar car. Don't worry about it. I mean, you wouldn't want to lampshade it because it would block all the light. Yep. Yep. You're right. Don't hide your light under a bushel, Apollo. It's too mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. Um, should we take a quick break and then we will I cover guess. the act? I kind of want to get everybody <laughs> we caught done, up. Have we done anything yet? <laughs> yeah, well, there's not a lot to, you know, there's not a lot to talk about in terms of the inception of this book, right? Like, the he was going to write a next one. He and knew he was going to write a next one. He was soliciting yeah. titles that he'd tossed in the garbage. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of the adaptations have touched this work. It's yeah, all- because the movie franchise died before it got to this one, and the TV franchise, which just came out in December... Has not obviously not had enough time to get here. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. I don't know. It's yep. we're we're post peak TV where things get canceled again, so yep. it's hard to say. Yep, yep. You don't never know which streaming service merger is going to uh, kill or resurrect your favorite thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. This feels like it's kind of like fun territory for the series because it's like I don't know. Nobody else has seen it. Only only Rick and us has. Only Rick and us. And probably the millions of people who've read these books, but whatever. Whatever. Let's take a quick break. Greg, this week's podcast episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Turns out you don't need to be uh CSS the god of websites. I'm flying down to Hades to avoid this one. You don't need to be the god of websites to make a great website. You just need to use Squarespace. It's a website that helps you make websites. I love it. And unlike 
Prometheus discovering fire, nobody's going to punish you for... Think of Squarespace making... <laughs> like a little Hephaestus building websites for you. Oh, magical yeah, websites for you. Yeah, magical, right? cool websites. Yeah. That's... Why are they so magical and cool, Andrew? Here's some things that I like about Squarespace. Listen, Percy Jackson might be the son of Poseidon, but you don't need to be a water god to use the fluid engine. It's a next generation website design system from Squarespace. It's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. Start with the best in class website template and customize every design detail detail with reimagined drag and drop technology for desktop or mobile. You also get flexible website templates. You know about these gods are always turning into stuff. There's a lot of flexibility there. You need you need a really flexible website to accommodate all of these ding dang gods. Mm-hmm. So you can get started with one of Squarespace's professional website templates with designs for every category and use case, every single one. Then customize your look, update content, and add features to fit your unique needs. You can make any Squarespace template do what you want, so your idea, brand, or business stands out online on every device. I do think Squarespace could make a different website for each god and i'm just mm-hmm. like actually being the wonderful people who man that 24 7 helpline <laughs> to deal with all of these people and their drama is stressing me out mm-hmm. if you want to post about your drama good news i got blogging tools <laughs> that you can use to share stories photos videos and updates categorize share and schedule your posts to make your content work for you if all of this sounds good Fire up your browser, go to squarespace.com for a free trial. When you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash overdue to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash overdue to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. You don't need to be a god to enjoy these savings. Go to Squarespace. And we're back. Percy Jackson, what's he up to when this book starts? He's on like a James Bond esque opening gambit. I he's love on, yeah, this. He's on. A, he's on a, a cold open. Yes, adventure already in progress. His Be- mom is driving him and Annabeth and Thalia, and is Grover there too? Grover the Seder boy, or he's meeting them there or something. Yeah, he's like he's part of it though. He's, yes. He's oh involved. yeah. Oh yeah. Because Grover was not really involved too much in the in the second book. Like he was captured basically, and he yes. had established like this empathetic empathetic link with. With Percy, Percy. let them communicate. Yes, but he was not like part of the party. No, he was trapped. On, he was trapped in the sea of monsters. Yeah. Um. So he's back, and I do. I do like being driven to an adventure by your mom on winter yeah. break. Yeah. Uh, and so that's f- fun from the beginning. But they're going to like this this boarding school, basically. Yeah. Uh, because there are a couple of kids there who are said to be half bloods, and yes. they need to be brought into the fold. And I like this as kind of a uh, a routine mission. Yeah, you know, that yeah. it doesn't like, have a prophecy attached. It's not the big quest. It's just like these are what our heroes do. They're bringing in other half bloods. Well, that's that's what the beginning of each of these like again we're going to use Harry Potter as a comparison sure. point because I think there's a lot of ways in which this series is drafting off of Harry Potter yeah, at this yeah, point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um which is, you know, neither a good nor a bad thing. It's just kind of what you were doing if you were doing like kid to YA series fiction. Yeah, sure. In like a fantasy context in this in this time period. Uh but the beginning of all these books is like part of what it is for is to establish whatever the current status quo is like after yeah. the 
end of the last book. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so Harry Potter was mostly like structured around the school year. This is a little fuzzier because they just go to regular school and then magic is what happens over the summers at summer camp. Yeah. So this isn't even like a full year after the Only a few months. One. Yeah. yeah it's, a, it's a few months. It's the winter. Um, they're like in between uh, semesters or whatever. Like they're, they're on winter break, basically, doing mm-hmm. this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they go to the school to save everybody. And they run into this sort of principal guy who clearly seems like a monster. Dr. Thorne? Dr. Thorne, who is French, I guess. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but you only really think about it occasionally when Riordan makes a point of writing something in really exaggerated, like, ha, oh, oh, ha, oh, oh. ha, Yeah, he's French in the Je same... Je suis Percy Jackson. <laughs> he's, he's French in the same way... That the two uh, kids that we're gonna meet, uh, Bianca and Nico, are like clearly of Italian descent, and he's like, mm-hmm. he's he says something like they have like olive skin and talk with their hands, and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, Rick, they are one spicy meatball, <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Thorne, calm down, this is inappropriate. Um, but yeah, he's you know, it it he paints with a broad brush. <laughs> yes sure he also doesn't like to linger that is something even i really i did have a much better read with this one than i did see of monsters and Mm -hmm. one of the things i appreciated about it is once the full quest gets going which we'll talk about in a few minutes is the return to kind of the road trip energy the american road trip energy Mm -hmm. and but he doesn't linger in any one spot. He really keeps things moving out of clip. So, like, we don't... You think you're rolling up to this, like, you know, preppy school. We're going to learn about this place. No. There's a dance happening. The This French monster teacher is angry. We spot the kids across the ballroom. And then, like, stuff just starts popping off. Yeah, and he, he does this partly because in every one of these books, like, you learn what the main quest is going to be. And then at the end of a chapter inevitably somebody like turns to the camera and says, and you have to do it before the solstice or whatever. Yes. And it, yeah. then that's in. There's always a deadline. Days. There's always yeah. a deadline, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of faffing about trying to solve <laughs> mysteries or whatever, like those Harry Potter kids did. It's just like, here's what you got to do. You got this many days. You figure it this out. Isn't it's Perci- going to be, it's going to be mostly traveling. <laughs> yeah. This isn't Percy Faffin. You're right. Um, I do like the, energy that percy has at the beginning of this book um i like that he has second banana energy yeah he does have second banana energy because he thought he was the main character yes but now thalia is back and she dresses cool yeah and she's she, got a neat vibe punk. and like maybe she's the main character and she is like as powerful as him but knows more about being a hero than he does yeah mm-hmm. and hasn't lost a step despite being a tree um and though it, sometimes she stands still for a really long time. Yes, I did like that note. <laughs> like a like a tree would. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I have this. So like they're they're trying to figure out what to do. The the group splits up, and they see they Dr. Uh, they ID these kids and the monster pretty quickly. Yes, yeah. Like going in, they really don't know exactly who they're looking for, but then they figure it out. Yeah. Um, and there's like a little thing where like I don't know. There's some sort of little magic thing that Thalia does to like make mist, which is the whole like how mortals can't see magic stuff. It's device. a very Jedi mind trick. In yes. This, in this instance. Um, yeah. And there's like a little beat where Thalia looks at Percy and is like, Oh, you have you Kyron didn't show you how to do that yet. 
and before Percy like runs off to deal with Dr. Thorne himself or something that is going to like escalate the plot but also is clearly like you're deviating from the mission a little bit mm-hmm. um, he says I thought about the way Grover had turned to her expecting her to save the day not that I resented Thalia she was cool it wasn't her fault her dad was Zeus and she got all the attention still I didn't need to run after her to solve every problem besides there wasn't time the D'Angelo's were in danger they might be long gone by the time I found my friends I knew monsters I could handle this myself I took Riptide <laughs> out of my pocket and ran after Dr. Thorne and mm-hmm. I just like the change from Percy as the kid who doesn't know what's going on who is like stumbling into being a hero to the kid who like thinks he should still be the lead mm-hmm. and he's getting pushback on it for the first time I just think it's a great like it's a cool way for him to be and I think it creates neat beats yeah it is a little bit like if if like midway through the series it turned out that harry potter had an older brother named jerry potter yeah the jerry potter came back and he was the he was the boy who lived now (laughs) (laughs) well and over the course of this book thalia gets to go through some plot beats that like could have been percy's and so percy gets to kind of see like some temptations and see people like try to court her. And well, and some of, some of Percy's growth arc through this is like both letting her be the main character when it's her turn yeah, to be the yeah. main character, but also like, I don't know, like learning from her and like earning his own status as the main character, yeah. like leaving room for her to have flaws and things like it's, yeah, it's, it's a nice little bit of growing up for old Percy. Yeah. Um, okay, so what is happening in the plot? They fight the monster. Oh, wait, he's a manticore. Yeah, he's a manticore. Scorpion man. Mm-hmm. Um, Manticlaus. Scorpion. Um, scorpion. And <laughs> while they're, like, trying to fight the manticore, and uh, I can't if remember. If you a manticore and you had an army, would you call it the manticore? Ooh. That would be cool. I don't think I have that seen a sick. piece of media use manticore it does sound like they would it does sound like they would fight gi joe or something (laughs) (laughs) it does feel like it must exist out there somewhere cobra commander get on it Mm -hmm. um the manticore report to cobra commander yeah Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and there's like a whole fight sequence where at some point uh, the Manticore falls off a cliff with Annabeth in tow. Yep. And, we, and everybody's like, well, Annabeth's gone now. Yep. Um, these people, these young women called the Hunters, the Hunters of Artemis show up. And uh, so does Artemis. Artemis is there with Artemis them. is also there. Yes. God yep. on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she has taken the guise of like a, tw- a tween, a per- like a 12, yeah, tween, like some somewhere around Percy's age. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and she does that because that's the around the age where she finds all of her hunters who attend to her. Like some of them are half gods, some of them are mortals. Yep. They, she kind of welcomes everybody, uh, but mostly you have to be young enough or hate boys enough. Yep. It's very girls girls club girls with a Z. Yeah. No no boys no boys allowed. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're all immortal for as long as they are. Like they don't age. I guess they can. Yeah. They can be killed, but they don't age. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was a funny. Like when she says, "Oh, they're immortal except when they fall in battle." And I'm like, "Well, like isn't that gonna be what 
does it for most people. Like that doesn't, it feels like a pretty conditional immortality. Uh, and so Artemis kind of catches us up that she's hunting some monster that's important um, because I don't remember when it happens. Maybe the Manticore talked about the great stirring, Andrew. Yeah, it's it's through. I don't remember if the Manticore brings it up or if Artemis brings it up. But in this section of the book, you are informed uh, pretty unequivocally that things are stirring that have not stirred since the last big like confrontation between the Olympians and somebody else. Like yes. stuff like old old things and things that can like keep the gods at bay are popping up again. There's references to like elder creatures in the ocean that are going to give Poseidon trouble. There's monsters we haven't seen in a long, long time. Yeah, like Luke is still sailing around on his carnival cruise ship yep. and Poseidon keeps trying to wreck the boat, but there are like bad old monsters who are protecting the boat from Poseidon's yep. wrath. Yep. So, yeah. Um, and so what's going to happen is our crew is going to go to Camp Half-Blood with the hunters led by a young woman named Zoe. Mm-hmm. Um, who does Zoe not Nightshade. No, Zoe Nightshade who does not like boys especially Percy Jackson and also talks in these and thous these like, and thous because she's very old uh, it's unclear over the course of the book it is made clear that she is older and older and older yeah. <laughs> every, every, you learn in like increments of hundreds of years how old she is mm-hmm. um, very quickly Bianca one of the two kids that they were that they just saved joins the hunters. Yeah, there's Bianca and Nico. Mamma mia. Oh my god. How do you feel about Bianca and Nico? What do you think about their deal? <sighs> That's I mean, so I so I forgot I had forgotten this about the first book, but there's like a hotel in Vegas where you go in and you The Lotus Eater Hotel, yeah. Yeah, the Hotel California hotel where you, it's really hard to leave. Yep. And in the first book, they just stay there for a few days, like long enough to mess up their deadline wherever yep. they're trying to get, get to what by whatever day. But in this, it becomes clear that these kids don't like don't really clearly remember anything that happened more than a year ago. And they also were in this hotel, but it was like four seventy years. And it just there's like some hanging mystery there that you don't really get to piece together until the end. I think I made a note at some point. When one of either either with Bianca and Nico or with Zoe, where I was just like, man, every everybody in this book has a secret deal. <laughs> like yeah. everyone has a secret backstory that is going to be you know revealed in a hundred pages. Well, and and Bianca, I think they ask her who the president is, and she says who the president is. Not that they name yeah. the current, yeah, the then current U.S. president George W. Bush. You wouldn't name him, but the president she knows before that is FDR. Yeah. And Percy's like, oh, from the like the road? Because he doesn't know anything <laughs> about anything. I do love that this book is willing to let Percy be stupid. Just really, like, he doesn't know anything about American history. He doesn't know anything about Greek mythology. Like, what do you know about? You got, what, you got your pen, you got your prophecy, and you just kind of coast on that mostly, huh? He's pretty, I, I do like meathead Percy a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he's um, a little bit of a doofus himbo type of guy yes and bianca has like spent her life caring for nico in her mind and she's like kind of excited to break out on her own and join to the not hunters. be not to not be the big sister for yep. a while she says specifically what do you think about nico and his D thing his like card game thing it's fine i think i probably would have liked it better before D made this big like mainstream resurgence oh, yeah, and it sure. still felt like a you know like a cool little thing that would have been Mm-hmm. 
like the it would have felt like he like he would have felt a sense of propriety about it that then would have been justified and yep. now totally would not. So he <laughs> likes a game called Mytho Magic, mm-hmm. which is some sort of miniature slash card game. Yeah, we're not told whether it's like a D20 system or something, nope. but it's clearly some kind of tabletop. Yep game with like a card collecting component because there are holofoil cards and there and there are figures also it's very confusing yeah. mm-hmm. um but like the different characters like have precious s- precious moments meets pokemon cards <laughs> sure. and the different characters have different stats and all the characters are from myth so what well, i was that's public domain baby. and i was just thinking about it. also also mytho magic is the name of riordan's production company that they use <sighs> to handle all the adaptations which i think that's is cute. funny okay um the when I was thinking about it a little more deeply, I just I think this is here. A it it is a like slow drip mechanism for the Nico and Bianca spoiler that we'll talk about at the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is also a way to get that first book energy a little bit, where you have a character who is like, "This is all real." Like yeah. he's very excited when he finally makes it to Camp Half-Blood because he's like he's not blown away but he's always like dropping stats mm-hmm. in this in a, a cheeky way that you didn't get in book two because at that point Percy was like aware that all of this stuff was real yeah, yeah. Um, it's a fun little voice. but he likes going around to everybody and be like oh hey man you got a lot of attack <laughs> points yeah. or sometimes he insults people because like it's Dionysus good. doesn't have a lot of attack that part points. is funny um okay wow so they go to camp half-blood and of course they can't get there normally they have to go there with apollo and it does have to be a benny hill music situation <laughs> where dahlia is afraid of heights and she's driving the chariot and, and she's, she's driving the town. sun around and she melts all the snow off of town in maine and she, yeah you can't just you can't just go somewhere in percy jackson it always has no, to be a you thing. always have to be whipping around like you're about to die yeah mm-hmm. um but then we get we get another prophecy andrew yep um, and it basically says five kids got to go on this quest. Two yep. of them are going to die. Yep. One of them by a parent's hand. And one of them where there isn't any rain. So yep. like obviously the desert, even though everybody pretends they don't know what that means. <laughs> what that means. <laughs> and there's going to be some sort of bane of Olympus that is leading the way, which may or may not be the same beast that Artemis oh, is hunting. Bro- brother <laughs> was born in the dark. Yeah. I didn't listen to the audiobook. Maybe that's what that creature sounds like. You I don't know. called him the Bane of Olympus. I did. I just thought you were making a comparison. Like this is <laughs> this is Percy Jackson Jackson is like the Batman of Olympus, and then this guy is the Bane of Olympus. No. <laughs> Ooh, that got me. That that Bane <laughs> performance is very good. I just need to say, <laughs> even when I goof on, when we goof on, I did like. That part of an otherwise messy movie. <laughs> um, but, okay, so there's a, new, there's a new prophecy. The other thing is Percy's having dreams, Andrew. I think we can kind of knock out the dreams all in one go. Yeah, a couple characters are having really vivid dreams, and it becomes clear fairly quickly that they are literally 
just happening like you're just seeing what's happening somewhere else it's an interesting structural thing that riordan is just like hey i'm gonna move this plot along over here Mm -hmm. and the way i'm gonna tell you that is by percy having some dreams yeah and it's it's both to show you what's going on somewhere else without having to like switch to a new pov because that that still is not a thing that these books have deployed at all i'm not sure i don't know if if it's gonna happen yeah i don't know if if you have to wait till the like subsequent series is to get a non-Percy perspective but so far we have not gotten one correct which is which is how uh like Harry Potter functions also but um yeah yep yep mostly except sometimes you'll get like a cold open or a or an epilogue or something yeah it'll happen from Um, someone else but um what is happening in these dreams Andrew well we see Annabeth who's not dead but who is being like tormented uh Luke is there yes and he tricks her into holding up a cave, like a cave ceiling that he's holding up. Yeah, he's like being crushed by the ceiling of a cave, and he kind of and and Annabeth has carried this like thing that like Luke has fallen, but we can save him. We can save him. Yeah, yeah. And so he gets her to take it from him, and now she's stuck there. And Percy doesn't like it when she talks like that about Luke nope. for reasons that he has not bothered to interrogate. <laughs> not yet, at but, all. Which do get interrogated. Our in this book, himbo finally. hero. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in a later dream, um, it's clear that Artemis has also been captured, and Artemis takes the cave ceiling from uh, Annabeth because it's clearly yeah. going to kill Annabeth. Mm-hmm. Um. And then there's a, too much to hold up. Everybody's holding up this cave. And then there's another dream later that uh, Percy is interacting with Zoe. And if you think about it, if you like read it closely enough, it's clear that he is like looking through Hercules's eyes, interacting with Zoe. He finds out that Zoe's really, really old. They, I mean, they and they do talk about how it's yeah. He's like seeing a vision of the past, and the reason that Zoe does not like boys and does not like heroes heroes like half-bloods is because she was friends with hercules she gave him the sword riptide that percy now carries but he took all the credit for everything that she helped him to do yep yeah um so that's that's kind of what's going on in the background while the rest of the plot is going on um, yeah. And then they go to they just got to zoom and the and the big yeah. like most of the middle of the book is just traveling from one thing to another. Yep. Um, they go to DC first where they meet this the big this big bad called the general. Yeah. Uh, who nobody really knows what his deal is, but he does seem pretty mean. Mm-hmm. And he's the Manticore guy's boss. Yep. Uh, they fight in the. Smithsonian the or is Smithsonian it the Smithsonian? Yeah. And the Air and Space Museum. I don't know, Andrew. I don't like in your childhood, did you ever take a DC trip? Oh no. no. Oh man. I didn't I didn't go to DC until we were in college like visiting friends there. As an East Coast kid, this felt very like this is good. Like this mm-hmm. is childhood. This is like you would take a school trip or you would take a family trip. You'd hit the big museums. Like, I think this set the whole book on the right foot for me in terms of, like, we're back to the first book's American road trip energy, mm-hmm. where we're going to D.C., we're seeing some landmarks, we're interacting with, like, it's got fun national treasure energy. Um, it's First not, one or second one? Uh, the f- Well... I think the first one. I mean, the first one's the better movie. Yeah, it is the better um, movie. He's got better hair in the first one. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just really fun. And like stuff like, okay, the general summons zombie dudes. They're called Spartoi. They're from 
Ar- the Argonauts, I think, right? Everybody just calls them skeletons, though. Well, yeah. No, I'm, I'm just telling you what they are. Yeah, no, and I'm just saying if we call them skeletons, it's because the book calls them skeletons. Yeah, sure. Um, and they're supposed to chase the hunters, but they chase Percy instead. They grow out of dragon teeth. Um, also, he, he causes a lion to exist, but then they have to kill the lion, which they defeat with astronaut food, which I just think is the best. <laughs> You'd go on these stupid trips in the 90s, and there'd always be astronaut food. Yeah, like, there would be there astronaut, astronaut ice food? cream everywhere. Yeah, like, can I not just get regular ice cream? You know, it, it's, uh, because just it like all just tastes like dried out marshmallow. I didn't... So th- I have had the astronaut ice cream. I've had the astronaut pizza. I've never had either. Oh, so I don't hate either of them, but they are not. It's food that you get one time and you eat it, and it's like, oh great. Well, b- being an astronaut seems like a sucky job. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it doesn't seem like an invitation to be an astronaut. Yeah, mm-hmm. or an, an inspiration even. And when you're a kid, like the other kind of pizza you're most familiar with is like the best kind of pizza, yeah. which is school rectangle pizza. Oh, I was gonna say birthday with, party pizza, but yeah, well, no also school re- school rectangle pizza with the little square pepperonis on it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My dad's mom was an elementary school teacher, and Ooh. when we would visit her for a week in the summers to to see her, but mostly to see her, her pool. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> if I'm being honest. <laughs> She would bring for they would let her bring home from the cafeteria like big old frozen like bricks kidding? of rectangle school pizza. Oh my god! Yeah, and you just pop one of those bad boys in the microwave. Mm. Man, Mm-mm. talking about school food real quick. Mm-hmm. This is make me yearn for my high school photography, my middle school photography class. Okay, where the guy would send would send one lucky student to the cafeteria to buy a bunch of soft pretzels. <laughs> This guy did not <laughs> like teaching photography. Yeah. <laughs> and then well, I mean, you're teaching it to a bunch of little babies. What yeah. do they know about cameras? And you'd bring them back, and he'd cut them in half with scissors and then give them to everyone <laughs> with his desk scissors. <laughs> and then everyone would get a half of a soft pretzel. <laughs> what a good class. Like, just tear it apart with your bare hands at that point. Yeah, heck yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, I Percy really like that they were in D.C. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, and at, at this point, one of the one of the five kids that was supposed to go on the on the quest got sick, got food poisoning or something. So Percy tagged along, and then he yeah, revealed so they that got, he was on the quest. They got sabotaged. Basically, yeah. remember they give they gave that person uh, like a t shirt. Oh and she's yeah, like oh thanks for the t shirt, I guess. And then it turned out to have like poison on the inside of it. <laughs> yeah. Um. But so then Percy got to go, and then he reveals that he's on the quest. Well, so and Percy Percy went. Because he wanted to save Annabeth. And yes. even though he yeah. was not supposed to be on the quest, he Correct. was just there anyway. And he's wearing her Yankees cap to make himself totally invisible, yep. which I don't know. That's not my been my experience of anybody in a Yankees cap. Wearing a Yankees cap, cap? Better, no, you're right. makes them less visible. But sure. seven rings or whatever. Um. <laughs> uh, but he... Yeah, so he when he's invisible, this is how he sees the general, and he sees Mr. Uh, French guy again, and he yep. sees Luke, and how, that's how he knows... All the players who are in town that that everybody's chasing after the the heroes on the quest already. Before he, oh, real quick, man, this book. Before he went on the quest, he did do a, a little like side quest for Poseidon's friends and saved a weird uh, sea cow. Yeah, a weird cow mermaid. Yep, it's gonna come back. 
uh, anyway, and then Percy Jackson comes and he helps them beat yep. the lion and he gets the lion's coat and it's just like a cool jacket that's bulletproof and protects yeah, him and stuff. It's pretty cool. And they're all like, well, there's only four of us. There's supposed to be five of us on the trip. I guess you're the fifth one now, Percy. Congratulations. I love it. I I'm thought glad that you was got, pretty good. You got off the wait list for this quest and you're you're allowed to come in. <laughs> Uh, they go to two. They go to a few different places on their way west. They like hop on a train. They have some like kind of character building conversations on the train. Apollo shows up briefly. It's clear some stuff's bugging Thalia. Yep. Which I think we can only really need to talk about kind of like the end when At we the talk end. about how her character wraps up. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and just kind of like the tension of it's an interesting book that has Zoe and and Thalia there, but does not have Annabeth. Mm-hmm. Like she's off the board in the same way that. Um. Uh, what's his name? Grover was off the board mm-hmm. in the last book a little yeah. bit. Grover um, drinks coffee and he thinks he sees Pan. Yeah, he's like Grover doesn't this... get like a ton to do in this. Like no. he plays his pipes and and in some battles and he does good stuff. But There's as far like as this... his like emotional arc, he doesn't yeah. have too much of one in this one. He's There's just not still, space still looking for, for Pan. Yeah. yeah, and and the end of this book is him getting a message that he thinks is from Pan. Yeah, because so like you gotta it, like. There's no space for it because you're you're setting up Dahlia and Zoe both yeah. in the space of this one book, and yeah. by the end of it, you have to like feel things for both of them for the for it to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. So you don't have room for yeah. There's a lot. Um, yeah. So Bianca gets iced in a big like a junkyard. Bat. They're in Hephaestus junkyard, and they fight a big metal statue. They fight the she, Iron Giant, and, and she climbs in to beat it. And it like gets zapped and falls over with her in it, and we never see a body. So I assume she comes back at some point. But. Yeah, everybody in the book is like she is totally dead, just actually dead. And now we all never... these other characters who you thought were dead before, are not. They they aren't dead. But this she, Bianca Bianca dead definitely She's dead. dead. She's dead definitely hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Um, they go to the Hoover Dam again. We're just doing we're just doing the hits. Was this, you know? funny, was this the funniest part of the book for you? Did, Did you, you like do you want? Do you have the quote to hand? Are you ready? Uh, do I? I let's. So see we we get I... a real national lampoon esque, not national lampoon. Um, yeah, is that the one where they do vacations? Yes, I think, Christmas I mean, vacation. Them, they go, family yes, they vacation. Go, yes, they do vacations on that one. Yeah, I think there are also some similar jokes in Beavis and Butthead Do America, which also I believe goes to the Hoover Dam. I, I saw mean, that this movie is in theaters. This is also just any any tween kid whose parents don't want them to swear. Yep, who is suddenly given an, a, a, a get out of jail free card for swearing. Yeah. Is they're at the Hoover Dam, uh-huh. and Zoe, who doesn't know what she's saying, says, "Let us find the damn snack bar. We should eat while we can." Grover cracked a smile. The damn snack bar. Zoe blinked. Yes. What is funny? Nothing. Grover said, trying to keep a straight face. I could use some damn French fries. Even Thalia smiled at that. And I need to use the damn restroom. And they it goes on like that for a bit, but it's pretty. It's pretty charming. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Multiple. I'm going to talk about some common sense media reviews a little bit later. Multiple ones. Shout out this section. <laughs> do I have to have a Do I have to have a song for that? I can come up with one. Yeah, if you want to think about it, okay, I'll give you right. the lead time now. T- yeah. I'm going to get my I'm get my guitar, and you keep talking for a minute. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. So we're at the Hoover Dam, and uh, Athena is the tour guide of the Hoover Dam, which gets revealed, which is kind of interesting. She doesn't really help them in any way. She's just there. 
Um, I'm talking about how Athena's at the at the Hoover Dam, Andrew. Oh, okay, yes, yeah. Also, we met Aphrodite at some point. When did we yeah. meet Aphrodite? After, so uh, somewhere, I think it might be before the junkyard or just after the junkyard. Okay, but like Ares shows up. Yeah, Ares hates Percy Jackson because yes. of events that happened in the first book, and he places a curse on Percy and his sword. Yeah, and he's like, when you when you need it, your sword's not going to work. Haha, sucker, I'm not going to tell you when. Uh, but then he's like, my girl, hey, my girlfriend wants to talk to you. <laughs> and so he throws Percy into the car and Aphrodite's in there and she's super pretty, really pretty, mm-hmm. the prettiest, prettiest girl ever. Mm-hmm. And Aphrodite's like, hey, why are you, hey, Percy, why are you on this quest? And Percy's like, oh, to save Artemis, right? That's why I'm here. And Aphrodite's like, no, you're not. Why don't you think about why you're really here? And so this is, we, we start to get a good old head of steam on a on a Percy Annabeth ship. Yep. Mm-hmm. Here. Mm-hmm. Which in the, this which in this book. The first two books you could maybe you could see that as a possibility. I could have also it, like totally anticipated it going like, yeah, they're just friends. Like it's just not what the book is. They're also books. like ten years old. Yeah, they're also I don't they're, they're babies. It doesn't <laughs> yeah, matter. They're little tiny babies. Um, but here again, thinking about the intended audience yeah. of Kids who are roughly the age of the kids who are in this book. Correct. Yep. Um, yeah. To have like, to have a girl who likes you and you like them back. Like, how did how do people even make this work? It's I don't know. It's, it's exciting it's, to read about, though. You only read about it in fiction. As impossible as the gods walking among us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it, before they have to flee the Hoover Dam, because everywhere they go, either they fight a big robot or the zombies show up. Like that. That's kind of, and they keep moving. The zombie skeleton guys. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's a whole big action sequence at the Hoover Dam. Before that happens, Percy almost like hits a girl with his sword, but it goes through her, and her name is Rachel Elizabeth Dare. Yeah, it goes through her because she's a, a mortal. Yes, not, which she not can't... immortal, but she is a mortal. Yes, and she cannot be affected by the sword. And so, and I don't know why she like Percy thinks about her again at the end of the book, and I don't know what that is um, I, to give she seems like force sensitive a, for lack to, of a better to word to give her such a weird name yep and to mention it in full like so many times does imply that she's gonna be a factor at some point i just don't know when or in what context or if she's just there to teach us that sometimes mortals don't get fooled by I think sometimes they see all this god stuff what? i think i think she must be coming back she I must think. be coming back she must be coming back um but so they leave the Hoover Dam, um, and they find out that the Ophiotaurus, is that what it's mm-hmm. called? Yeah, the cow. The, cow the sea cow is the creature that they seek, and Dr. Thorm, I think, is the one who's like, or maybe it's the general, who's telling Thalia that, like, what if you sacrificed its entrails and gained a bunch of power to, you know, destroy Olympus? Um, that is the thing from the prophecy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as we were talking earlier that like Percy gets to see what it would be like to be the main character when Thalia is like really tempted by this because Thalia really does not like Zeus at all he did turn her into a tree you know mm-hmm. um, and so somebody may or may not kill this creature maybe 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 because um, it's gonna be it's yeah okay we talk about it again when we get to the end of the book yeah 
I mean, we're pretty close to the end of the book. But. Yeah. So uh, what are they? They uh, there's some statues at the Hoover Dam that turn out to be like metal angels who fly them to San Francisco. She does pray to Zeus to turn them into angels, and it's like a big deal that she is willing to pray to Zeus. Yes. Um, you can tell that it's 2007 because Percy says San Francisco is the most beautiful city that he's ever seen. I, this books have this weird tension where like it is also like the hellmouth for Titans mm-hmm. and. Annabeth's family moved there for her, like her dad's job or something, and he's like, mm-hmm. "I know you can't be here, mm-hmm. but we love you." I did like the interlude with Annabeth's family. I thought, yeah, it was no, really it was sweet. nice because they, all you've heard about them is from Annabeth, and she yeah. makes them sound like real sticklers. But then you actually meet them, and they turn out to be pretty cool. And like, not to say that Annabeth's perception of her situation is completely incorrect, but it is. It has been known to happen <laughs> that sometimes teens and tweens have a difficult relationship with parents because they can't relate to each other, but actually no one is a bad guy. Yeah. Like ob- objectively. Yep. You know? Yeah. I like, and I like it as a counterpoint to all of the, like throughout the whole series, all of the kids anxieties about their supernatural parents and like mm-hmm. kind of the absent parenthood and how do they connect to them? And that kind of stuff is a great, metaphor for how a lot of kids feel when they are not in like close contact with their parents Mm -hmm. and this is a nice like balance to that where they do care about her and you're kind of percy's surprised that the stepmom knows about him and is willing to help them get on the adventure and things like that and Mm -hmm. her nerdy war history dad is like super into them and he loves sop with camels which i've got to assume means rick riordan is a big Snoopy fan because that's the only reason I know how to stop with Cam. Yep, <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, and then they're on their way to kind of the final showdown, which is mm-hmm. this big the the Titan equivalent of Mount Olympus, which yeah. exists on the West Coast now. Yes, because um, it's always got to be on the outskirts of of Western civilization. And I guess in this, <laughs> we had already established that the United States is the nexus of. Western Western civilization, culture, yeah. but also the the east. Apparently, the east coast is, is good where the action is at, and the yep. west coast is like I guess you're in it. <laughs> west coast, yeah. Rick Riordan picked a side. Tell you what, yeah. Um, and this is where we get a lot more Zoe stuff, right? Because we got to go through the the garden with the dragon that she yeah. raised thousands of years ago. It's around in here where the the hercules link is established and like that being a motivated because she's begrudgingly gained respect for percy as he's gotten them out of some jams and done not completely stupid things Mm -hmm. over the course of this quest Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, which is cool yeah but we're still you know bianca so bianca died in the in fs's junkyard in the desert so we're obviously she's the one who's uh, she's the one who's gonna be lost and it doesn't say anybody dies it just says they're lost it says lost lost where it doesn't rain but, but we, we're still waiting for somebody to be lost because their parent kills them. Yeah. And it seems like it could be Percy or Thalia because those are the kids whose parents we know. And Thalia and Zeus specifically seem like they don't get along or have a relationship. There's even a beat where they're driving Annabeth's dad's car and a lightning bolt blows it up. And you're like, what is happening? Is Zeus mm-hmm. trying to like stop them or something? Yeah, Thalia is kind of a, assuming that her dad has it out for her. It wasn't Zeus. Even though funny. Zeus just helped her just now by yeah. making those Hoover Dam statues come to life. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Zoe gets hurt by the dragon in in the garden that they have to go through to get up this mountain. Uh, and but she then, doesn't let on how bad it is. No, not at all. No, no, no. Uh, and then we classic get to the, ba- classic battle sequence. Stuff. The final battle sequence where it is revealed who the general is, Andrew. Who is the general? It's Atlas, the guy what holds the world up. The guy what holds the world up. And I... what Percy saw in his dream wasn't on the roof of a cave. It was a big cloudy, the big cloudy sky of the world. I do, the you know, I just turned off my brain about the, like, what the sky is. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed this section a lot. Like, I just no, had I liked to. It. I thought it was big. It probably would weigh a lot if you kind of tried to carry it somehow I, I can't remember exactly what the book says but it's something of just like the sky like is a thing like energy magic wise and like it just mm-hmm. it wants to reunite with the earth and so you need someone to hold it up and atlas was put there as punishment and as we learn later from i guess poseidon mm-hmm. zeus or poseidon talking mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um you can't put like only Titans can be put in that position, but there's a specific contrivance that made it possible for Atlas to escape. But then when he is shoved back into place at the end of this battle to hold the sky up again, why he can't just immediately get back out again. Yes, And that's like, that's the specific, that's <laughs> why the explanation exists. Yeah. And knowing that is why I chose not to commit to memory the exact convolutions of the, the, the main the, one is the, like sky falling system. Anyone other than a Titan can only enter that state through choice. And so like Luke tricked Annabeth so that she would do it for him. And then Artemis did it for Annabeth. And then Percy does it for Artemis. Mm-hmm. And there's the, you know, a couple pages where Percy is like dying, holding up the entire sky. Yeah. Because then... he, he wisely, I think, thinks that Artemis, a god, would yep. be more yep. valuable against uh against a Titan in a fight. And so he's like, Hey, I, I can't carry it, but I can carry the sky. Well, and also Ares had court had cursed his sword. So like he's useless in a fight. And so he's like, All right, well, yeah, I can be the holy guy. I can be the holy guy. I can be the holy guy. Um and then yeah, they trick Atlas into like it's a pretty good little trick. It's a pretty good like you know sometimes in a video game where like you you're not supposed to do damage to the boss. You're supposed to like solve its puzzle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. that's kind of what they do here. Where like Artemis tricks Atlas into going into the exact right spot, and then right. Percy gets out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Zoe is not well. Yeah, Zoe dies. Yeah, it's sad. And she and and yeah, she was like Artemis's right hand person. Yep. And that's important to remember for this denouement. Yep. Now we get to the part and and this is so this is so important (laughs) in these kinds of books for the nerdy little rule following kids, is it's the end of the book and you get into a room with all the grown ups and they tell you that you did a good job (laughs) and that they and they see and respect you as people. Yeah, you know they, they have to go. Th- so they have spared this sea cow, this magic sea cow, and then they go to a big council of the gods on Olympus. And there's like a couple. There's some tensions among the gods, though, right? Yeah, because like they, they, somebody's gonna turn sixteen, and when they do, they could kill the sea cow yep. and overthrow the gods. So they're like, "Why don't we kill the sea cow?" And Percy stands up and he's like, 
this is a nice sea cow. Yeah. And I don't know why after all these thousands of years, y'all think you can outrun prophecy, but <laughs> that's not how it works. Yep. Um, and uh, th- so uh, the, the big thing that happens here for Thalia yep. is that she decides she's going to become a hunter. Which takes her Artemis. off the prophecy. Yeah, because she yeah. is like two days away from being 16 and now she will not turn 16 ever. And so yep. she cannot be the one the prophecy is about. She also cannot kill this fish cow. Yep. Uh, Athena doesn't love that Percy's just out there. She's she's a little... She's she doesn't frank love with that, him. And she doesn't, she doesn't super love that he and Annabeth are friends. Doesn't love that. That which ring, makes yeah. Percy rethink his... I don't know. He made some some baby steps in the direction of telling her the way that he feels about her, but then when he decides when, not to. Yes, yeah. when Athena when Athena comes and is like, "Hey, uh, you seem fine, but I'm watching you, kid." Yeah. He, uh, he gets a, he gets a nice little yet. moment with his dad with Poseidon. Um, kind of bolsters his confidence yeah, a little like bit. Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett Poseidon Jimmy is so Buffett, good. Poseidon, yeah. Give Riordan awards just for Jimmy Buffett Poseidon, please. <laughs> uh, maybe that was one of the titles that somebody submitted and he tossed it out. Jimmy um, Buffett Poseidon. And so they have a big party with the gods, and then they go back to camp, Half-Blood, and we get this extra little scene where Percy has to tell Nico that Bianca died. Mm-hmm. And, he and he's like, hey, my sister's dead over here. <laughs> and, then, and then some of the remaining zombie men show up and he's like, hey, I'm going to open the earth and plunge you in there. I'm going to open the earth. <laughs> Bada bing. You're dead again. Use uh, mugs and better get back into earth. <laughs> and then Percy's like, whoa, I didn't know that you could use. And Nico like storms off. He's so mad. And he realizes, Percy does, that the figurine was Hades and that Nico has Hades' powers. And he's Hades' son. Now, it had been brought up at this little god council that Hades is the only one who had not broken the vow that they all three of them made after World War II. And then this happens and they're like, oh, this means Hades did break his vow but then (gasps) Percy's like, no, he was trapped in a magic hotel California for 70 years. Like, it's... So, who this, knows this at gonna, the end of the book? Is it just Annabeth and Grover? Uh, I think so. I think okay. they decide not to tell anybody else because they don't want. Even though Nico really hates Percy Jackson, and now. I feel like really, at the beginning really of the him. next book, like the whatever the equivalent of the Sorting Hat is going to show up, and he's going to get like a little skull above his head, like, uh, like, like you know, Percy got the, like, the water symbol or whatever. Yeah, I mean, maybe he might not come back to Camp Half-Blood. He like, might he leave, you're out. right. He, he R-U-N-N-O-F-T's out of here. He, yeah. He, yeah. Um, he, he might be gone. Yeah. But so that so that means that there's another there's, yes, big there's three. Yes, another, there's another person who might fulfill the prophecy, and also Hades remains the only one who did not break this <laughs> pact that they all made. And we all know from, like, as I recall from the first book, Hades is not a guy who... Like he is already inclined to sort of see himself as a wronged party yep. and somebody who's gotten the short end of, of a bunch of sticks. That's a good point. He and not come... incorrectly also. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah you're right. It, it he's interesting that he is like initially painted as the antagonist in the first book mm-hmm. and it's revealed how he is not in a few key ways. I think Hades from the game Hades and the Hades in these books as we've seen him so yep. far. 
are it's not a dissimilar take. It's on not the, on the, the Hades from Hercules the movie. Yeah, because it's not just like oh Hades is the Christian devil. No, but <laughs> like in a toga, no. <laughs> it's like a different thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and that's the book. It's I. I had a good time, Andrew. I do have some. Um, multi-starred common sense media reviews. I don't know what like because so that's three star Goodreads reviews. Yep. Uh huh. Wait. Wait. How about common sense media reviews? Ooh, I like it. I like it. Okay. Yeah, great. These are from three children. <laughs> Like all writing in one review, like no, a, like a hydra. <laughs> They're all or... in a trench coat and they logged on together. No, yeah. it's three distinct <laughs> reviews. Would you like me to go from more stars to least, or least stars to more? I think more to least. Great. Well, okay. Do middle, yeah, and then most, and then least. Okay, great. So oh, wait, maybe the... middle and then least than most. Okay, great. What I'll, do you like? I'll do that one. Okay. Okay. So four stars from end on a positive note. From I, Carolina, who's 13 years old. Mm -hmm. The subject is a great introduction for new characters. And the body of the review is this probably would have been five stars if it had Annabeth in it. Ooh, Did you Annabeth miss Annabeth in this book, Andrew? Just Annabeth. Um, like, it was hard. It's hard to say miss because yep. I know that she's not dead. I know that there are two more books and then a million more books after that. Yes. And much like Grover in book two, I was just like confident that I'll probably get some more of them later. Yep. I do think that in in this read, it had been just long enough from reading Sea of Monsters that having a book with both Zoe and Thalia in it, my brain couldn't really hold on to like how Annabeth would be substantially a different character, like what her voice would bring. Yeah, too because, many women. Too many women. You're right. Well, no, just in the sense that like I. <laughs> no, you, Craig, you're right. You got it right the first time. Come too many on. women in this book. Just the sense <laughs> that there were already like they were kind of crowding out my memory of what Annabeth's voice was. Yeah, 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 and that's and that's fair, especially you know in a book where you're just in Percy's head all the time. Yes. It leaves other voices just less space on the page to develop their own thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I think both Thalia and Zoe are, are pretty I liked them both drawn in this. Yeah, but, I yeah. did. Um, three stars from Mochi Wolf, 11 plus years old, it says. Uh, subject, where's that old Percy charm? <laughs> okay, I confess it. I'm a total Percy Jackson fangirl. I enjoyed, obsessed over, and geeked out over the first two books and hoped this one would be just as good. It's plenty exciting, but it just lacked? Percy wasn't as zesty, Grover wasn't the typical goofball that he usually was, and they throw in a ton of new characters in a short span of time. This doesn't reflect on the series at all. I just was disappointed by this installment. Parentheses. However, Blackjack brings back a little of the old Percy charm. Gotta love that Blackjack. I won't spoil who he is, lol. <laughs> Blackjack I, is a Pegasus. Blackjack is a Pegasus who calls Percy Jackson boss, and he is kind of cool. He is kind of cool. Um, I think what this person might be responding to is that this book does feel, and this again is something that the Harry Potter books did, yep. though uh -huh. I don't think they did a very good job <laughs> of it, is that it does feel like the books are getting a little more mature Yep. Mm -hmm. as the kids who read it become like grow up with it. There, I was, And so you do have a couple of like slightly dark bits where like, 
Percy's like, man, I kind of low-key wish Luke was dead. Like, that's a thing that he thinks. for real. Mm -hmm. And he's thinking about liking girls, and, you know, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of complicated, like, you're talking about Annabeth's relationships with their parents. Like, there's there's stuff that requires a little bit more uh, emotional maturity to really, like, think through them all the way, I think, or appreciate them. And also, like, in Percy's, I guess something that differentiates him hanging out with Annabeth is that both Thalia and Zoe are just older than him mm-hmm. in multiple. Like, obviously, Thalia is as old as that tree was, and Zoe is thousands of years old. And so, like, Annabeth has a bit more of kid energy with him. And so, even his own inner monologue is like a little less, like, ew, a shoe touched my tongue or whatever from yeah. the second book. He does make one reference to, like, Chiron won't let them call something a poop pile. And he's like, you know, remember, because I am still a stinky boy. I am, I am still Percy Jackson. Yeah. But um, you're right. He's got more. He's got more just adult or young adult things on his mind. Yeah. Um, And that's that's on his of, mom. His mom's dating somebody. His mom is dating a guy, Mr. Blofus, um, from their writing seminar. Uh huh. And he like skypes her. He magic skypes her a few times. And Percy like, magic skypes his mom a couple times. Yeah. And Mister Blowfist is there both times. And he, you know, over the course of the book, he's like, I am. I see that my mom is happy. I'm excited to find out more information. Yeah. Um. And then five stars here from Epals, thirteen years old. Series starts to get darker. Titan's Curse is probably the darkest book in the original series. I say this because two main characters die. This makes the book better, but it may be, <laughs> it might be too scary for younger kids. There is also a play on the word damn, but kids who are mature enough to understand the joke should be fine. <laughs> okay. So this is what I this is what they, I've been saying. They this should be fine. They should be fine. Do you think the deaths make the book better, Andrew? I mean, this <laughs> <laughs> I would I don't think I would have put it that way, but I think I said basically just now that it being a bit darker of a book was or like more mature of a book was to it mostly to its benefit. Yeah, I think so. And and I also think that the I don't think now is, is there like a, if you kill more kids no. does the book get better or is there like a point where it becomes Rick. Less good. Yeah. Rick's editors are like, listen, listen, you Rick. I don't know if you, I don't kids. know if you can kill this many kids, Rick. Rick, one or two, like, come on, everybody knows that's gold, but can't he, kill all of them. He's like, in my defense, one of them was thousands of years old. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what? Um. No, I did just like, you know, I liked the road trip energy, but I also liked, I don't know, I liked all the hunter stuff. I I just thought it was an interesting expansion of the magic universe that didn't feel uh didn't feel too big it just felt like a nice wrinkle yeah like here's this other group of people who are affiliated with the half-bloods but like don't they don't really attend camp that you haven't really seen them before yep and it doesn't come it doesn't do a like and this magically explains stuff that we didn't have space for before it's like no this is just a different faction that showed up rolled into town or it and it also doesn't do the thing that that later Harry Potter books start doing, where it's like Harry, how have you in like four years not ever encountered this like, concept yes. before? Like how how would how can there keep being new parts of this universe that still make sense for the characters to be discovering? Yeah, the, the the part where they don't spend all of their time in the magic world is kind of nice because it's like only a few times a year is he going to run into a god? Maybe yeah, you right. Know? Um, so yeah, that's Percy Jackson and the Titans Curse. I I really liked 
the stuff with Apollo at the end. Oh, Apollo was Zoe's dad. Did we say that? Uh, if we yeah, didn't, that's sure. the parent thing that happens. Not Apollo. Atlas. Oh, Atlas. Excuse me. Atlas was Zoe's dad. That's yeah. what I meant. Yeah. Um, but that's how. That's why Zoe dies. And it's yeah, that's the, the parent. Yeah, that's the yeah. parent trap. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Good movie. That would the, the, P- Percy Jackson and the Parent Trap would actually be a funny alternate title for this because they are they are literally trying to trap Zoe's dad. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, right, so yeah, next time what when next time we do one of these books, it will be the Battle of the Labyrinth, and it is my understanding that once again Camp Half Blood is in danger. Sounds like an amazing book. All right, so you can send us an email uh, over to pod at gmail.com if you've got um, other funny things that you n- need to make sure I hear. Mm-hmm. Um, find us on social media <laughs> at Overdue Pod. Check us out on Instagram and Blue Sky in particular. Blue Ski. That's what it's called. Pass me a Blue Ski. Uh, our theme song is composed by Nick Larangis. If folks want to know more about the show, Andrew, where do they go? Overduepodcast.com is our internet website. Up there we have the books that we have read and the ones we are going to read. We also have a link to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash overduepod. Support the show financially. Get us books and equipment and all kinds of other stuff uh, that we need to make the show run and to make our lives run at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, And you get access to our Discord server. Uh, you get bonus episodes early. You get to listen to uh, sit in on uh, some YouTube streams of bonus episode recordings that we do every mm-hmm. other month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some other stuff, but that's most of it. Yep. We got our Nancy Drew one coming up at the end of this month. If you're listening to this as it releases, more information at patreon.com slash overdue pod. Yeah. All right, everybody. What are you What are you reading next week? Uh, jazz by Toni Morrison. Boop, boop, boop. Jazz. <sighs> clearly going to be a good one (laughs) until we blow blow at you next time cool cats try to be happy That was a HeadGum Podcast.